What's the most difficult question that Christians face? One of the most challenging questions to answer and consider is if God is all-powerful and all-good, why is there pain and suffering in the world? John Scott stated, The fact of suffering constitutes the single greatest challenge to the Christian faith and has been in every generation. Even in my own life, this question, this challenge of pain and suffering in the world, it came up when I was 16 or 17 years old. A co-worker brought it to my attention and said, you know, how can God be good and loving if there's all this pain and suffering in the world? If children are starving in Africa, why doesn't God do something about it? I believe there are a lot of people that are challenged by this question, even In one of our reels a couple of weeks ago, somebody asked the question, if God is real, why did 9-11 happen? And it is challenging. There are so many terrible things that happen all over the world. And if God is all-powerful and he's all-good, why does he let them happen? So that's what we want to talk about today. If God is good and he can do anything, why doesn't he provide miracles in every situation? I'm Josh Cave, and I've asked these exact same questions. In fact, the very question that we're talking about today pushed me into a lot of study and even earning a bachelor's degree in Bible and theology. I personally believe that there is an answer to this question, that God can be all-powerful and all-good, and there be pain and suffering in the world. In fact, not all pain and suffering is because of God. Moreover, God uses pain to grow us and to bring people to him. And Jesus is close to those that have gone through difficult times. Before I get into all those things, let's cue the music. Welcome to the After Youth Podcast where we answer the most challenging questions asked by every Christian young adult. Let's dive in. We have a lot to jump into in this episode, so I want to go ahead and jump right into the first argument for what we're going to call the problem of pain. And that classic original argument is about free will. As you hopefully know, we all have free will. We have the choice to do pretty much what we want. There are obviously limits. There are things that we are unable to do. But for the most part, we can make the choice of whatever we want to do. And there are consequences. But if I want to go out and scream at the top of my lungs, I can not restrict it. And obviously, people all over the world have the choice of whether they want to serve and honor God or whether they choose not to. So we have free will. And If you'll think back with me to the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, you see that God gave them free will. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will surely die. It seems pretty simple. They've got the 
They've got the opportunity to live their life however they want, doing whatever they want. He just said there's just this one thing. There are two trees in the center of the garden. You can't eat from those because you will surely, you will certainly die. And so Adam and Eve spent their time walking through the Garden of Eden, working it, naming the animals. And they were walking with God. They could do anything. But we know the story. Eventually, they would make it to that tree of knowledge of good and evil, and they would go against the command of God. And that one moment, that one act of free will ended up bringing sin into all of humanity. And so every person that was born after Adam and Eve was born into sin. They were born into a cursed world. And they needed to be made right with God. And really, we have the same choice today. Adam and Eve, it was a little bit, it was cut a little bit clearer because they had just the one tree. So just don't eat from that tree. For us today, we have tons of choices. We make thousands of choices every single day. And we can pretty much live and do what we want. You know, God is, but God has also still given us parameters. In the Bible, we see commandments and rules and different ideas that keep us within the parameters that he would like us to live our lives. And for those of us that have accepted God and accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, we live within those boundaries because we love God, not because it's restrictive. But there are things that God has told us we we should not do because he wants us to live a holy life for him. And so we have the choice to do right, but we also have the choice to do wrong. Just like Adam and Eve, they made the wrong choice, and it impacted the rest of the world negatively. That sin, that choice that they made, it impacts me. It impacts you. It impacts every single one of us because that's what free will does. My choices impact you, and your choices impact me. They consider in our everyday lives. We have the choice to do good and evil. Imagine our choices that can bring harm to other people. Let's imagine just for a second that somebody breaks into your house and steals your things. You don't have insurance. You don't have anything else. It's just they come in, they steal your things, and they run off, and you can never find them again. That act of free will it hurts you. It impacts you negatively. It's, it causes you pain and suffering because that person decided to do something that was evil, that was wrong, that was outside of the will of God for both of your lives. And so many of the problems in our world today are because we have free will. We have the choice to do what we want. We have free choice. People make the choice to murder hurt people, to cheat on each other. The list could go on and on and on for days. And the the thing I want to talk about with this point specifically is that all of those things, all of those terrible things that, that people do to other people are not directly because God made them happen, but because like Adam and Eve, people made a choice that impact other people. But even, you know, we got that question on the reel about, you know, how could God let 9-11 happen? And I think we see in the same case, we see there were a people group that were 
filled with hatred toward American people. And so they acted out of free will and free choice to go and fly airplanes into the World Trade Center. And that act, it was evil, it was terrible. But we can't blame that on God. These people made a choice. They had free will and they did this terrible thing with it. And so you could ask, after all of that, after Adam and Eve, after the terrible things that people do, after things like 9-11, why in the world did God give us free will? Because if God knows everything, he knows that people would use free will to do evil. He knows we would mess it up. And I want to explain this idea with an example out of my own life. When when Molly and I were dating, we would go and we would drive pretty long distances to see each other. We talked last week in our Thanksgiving special about how we lived several hours apart. We would drive an hour and a half at least to see each other. And so we would take time out of our day. And not only that, we would take time on the phone. We would spend time together. If we, if I drove three hours to be with her, we'd spend almost all day together. And so we took time out of our day, out of our week, out of everything. We took time out of our lives to be together. Even now, you know, I want to spend time with her. She wants to spend time with me. and She wants me to make time for her. Life can be busy and stressful, but she wants me to make time for her, to want to be with her. And I want you to picture in your mind. So Molly and I have this relationship where we spend time together. We want to be together. Imagine we had a different relationship. I had to spend time with her. At three o'clock on Saturday afternoon, a police officer came in, put me in handcuffs, walked me to a cell, and locked me in a cell with her. And I had to spend time with her. That was my time every week for four hours. We had to spend time together. And as soon as it was over, somebody came in, took me out of the cell, and I went on with my day. Just every week, that was how we spent time together. I didn't have a choice. No matter how far I went, they would lock me up, send me in there, and we would have to spend time together. I had no choice. I was like a prisoner being walked to one cell to be with her. I was required to spend time with required to love her. And I wasn't happy about it. I didn't want to be there. I didn't ask to be there. Imagine how Molly would feel. Every week she'd be sitting there knowing this was going to happen. Sitting there in the cell waiting for me to drag my feet. With this frustrated, terrible look on my face. This resentment toward her for being forced to be in a room with her. You know what she would feel? She would feel the cold, emotionless movement of our relationship. Every time we were together, it would feel painful and calloused. But I want to tell you what meant so much early on in our relationship was the choice that we made to drive long distances, to have long phone calls, to spend time together. We knew how much we meant to the other person. 
We knew how much we cared because we sacrificed. We gave of ourselves. We only had a set amount of time during the week, but we gave hours on end to that other person. And even now, whenever Molly and I spend time together, her birthday was just a couple of days ago. And one of the ways that we celebrate is we just spent the day together. And the reason that means so much to her and to me is because we're busy people. So we sacrificed to be together. We made a choice. We took our free will where we could have gone anywhere. I, but I could have made the choice to sit on my butt all day long and play video games and do whatever I want. And she could have done the same. She could have gone and done whatever she wanted to do that day without me. But instead, we made the choice. We wanted to be together. And so we sacrificed all the other things that we could be doing. We gave up all those things so that we could be together and enjoy our time. And that's where love really is, is is knowing that you're choosing to be with that person. You're choosing to spend time with them. You're choosing to care about them in good times and bad. And I want to ask you, if God didn't give humans free will, but he wanted a relationship with us, how valuable would that relationship be? If we didn't have a choice and God said, I'm going to create all these people, I'm going to create all these human beings, I'm going to put them on earth and I'm going to make them worship me. Would there be any love in that at all? No, it'd be just like like me getting dragged into a cell with Molly once a week. They would be calloused, it would be cold, it would be loveless and emotionless. But whenever we have the choice, whenever we have the choice to love God during bad times and during good times, it changes everything. It's some, there's emotion, there's deep love, there's deep passion in that. And that's what God wanted out of our lives. He said, I'm going to give you free will because I wanted you to choose. And I want to tell you something, where there is not free will, there is no love. Because love comes from sacrificing for somebody else. It's what love is giving of yourself for somebody else. So free will gives us the choice to choose God and choose the incredible relationship and love that he offers us. And so that's the first thing I wanted to talk about here is that humans cause a lot of pain. We do. We, we do things wrong. We mess up. We hurt other people. And we have for thousands and thousands of years. But God gave us free will for a reason. He gave us free will because he wanted us to choose to be in relationship with him. And where there's free will and we can choose as we please, there will always be people who choose good and there will always be people who choose evil. And where there's evil, there's pain. The second thing here is that pain is growing us and bringing us closer to God. For Christians, they believe that God is using trials to grow us, to make us the person that God has called us to be. Does that mean that God causes every evil thing and every bad thing that happens to people? No. But in some situation, God allows them. I've told the story of one of the churches that I worked at. And I just, I'm going to share real quickly in case you haven't heard that story. But when I left, a church I was youth pastoring at. I 
I really struggled with what my purpose was. I was really young, and I had spent my whole life wanting to be a pastor, wanting to serve God in ministry, and I'd finally gotten it. I'd been able to jump into a youth pastor role and seen some really cool things happen. But whenever I left, whenever I walked away from that, I felt like I'd experienced a a terrible setback. I felt like I was like I was nothing. I spent a lot of time really upset because I felt like I had lost a home church. Uh, I had lost students. And frankly, my own identity. I would have these car rides to work or wherever, and I would have these yelling matches with God in the car, asking him why in the world I was going through this. What did I do? You know, what why was I going through this? And I was truly experiencing pain. I was truly going through something difficult, and I couldn't understand why God let it happen. Why didn't he keep me from it? If he could, from that experience, I learned something. God taught me that my identity is not tied in being a pastor, or any job for that matter. And my work and my value, they're not tied to a title. They're not tied to a position. But God has called me to serve Him in whatever I do in life. But I could only understand that. I could only understand what God was trying to show me because of what I went through in my past, because I went through this identity crisis in my early 20s. But because of the trial, because of that time in my life that was so difficult, my identity was more in God than it had ever been. And so, Does that mean that God caused the trial? No. There were people involved. I was involved as a person. I'm sure I made mistakes. There were other people involved. So no, it, it doesn't mean that God caused it. It does mean that God allowed it. God allowed the struggle because he knew it would grow me so that he could use me later. And so what about the rest of the world? Let's say, for example, that a hurricane comes through Florida and just levels a city. Somebody somebody evacuated, and that they come back after the hurricane goes through, and they see the city, they see this town that, that they lived in, and their house is devastated. You know, the whole city's just in ruins, and they're heartbroken. They don't understand why this is happening to them, why it's happening to their city. It didn't have to be this way. If God could change it, Why didn't he? And I think that's really important that we talk about. Throughout history, pain and tragedy have brought people to God. C.S. Lewis said, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And he just explained in there the concept that whenever everything is going good, we hear God in a whisper. Whenever we do something wrong, we hear God speaking to us in our conscience. But whenever we're in our lowest point, whenever everything has gone wrong, whenever there's tragedy, God is screaming at us. He is shouting. And he's showing himself in the world through love. Look at the Israelites, for example, over and over. God had to use terrible tragedy 
to bring them back to him. And you might say, and you might say, that's terrible. Why would God use pain to get people to come back to him? But think about it for a second. We're really blessed in America as Christians. We can serve and we can honor God. And a lot of times our lives are pretty good. We're some of the richest people who have ever lived in all of human history. But I want to ask you, if you're a Christian, when do you really turn to God and get on your knees? When life is good and everything is happening the way you want it to, you know, you're just rolling through life. Money's good, family's good, everything's good. Is that when you really spend time on your knees talking to God? Or is it when a family member's in the hospital, somebody's really sick? What about whenever you're running out of money and you don't know what to do? If we that are Christians, we turn to God so much more when we're going through trouble. Why would the rest of the world turn to God if there were never bad things that happened? If everything that ever happened in the world was good, we wouldn't, would we really need God? And I, that's a rhetorical question, obviously. I need God in, in good, bad, whatever. And I'm the same way here. Whenever something bad is happening, I turn to God more than any other time. But I just want you to consider, you know, whenever something bad happens in my life, that's whenever I'm really praying, I'm really seeking after God more than I am any other time. But we talk about this subject of pain in other countries all across the world, and we sit there and consider, you know, isn't that kind of mean for God to send something their way so that they turn to Him? We have to consider the alternative. If there really is an eternal heaven, and it really is glorious, it really is everything that we believe it is. If people come to God truly when they're going through something painful, then that temporary pain is worth it if it brings people to God. An eternity of glory is worth just a few moments of struggle and trial. And that's what we believe through Scripture, through the New Testament. Paul said multiple times, talking about how pain and suffering and trials they develop us into the person that God has called us to be. But God, like C.S. Lewis said, God also uses it as a megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Because whenever there is tragedy, whenever there is pain, and the world shakes a little bit, people drop to their knees and they come to God. And those moments of pain are worth it for the chance that some people get saved and experience eternal glory. And the last thing I want to talk about is. What does God feel in all of this? Does God feel pain from the people experiencing natural disasters all over the world? Does God feel that? Does God get it? Or is he just callously throwing things at us? Is, he, is it like he's playing a video game and tossing rocks at a world just trying to hurt them so that maybe they get saved? And I don't think that's the case. And the reason I feel that way is because we have a really incredible example through the life of Jesus. Because Jesus felt incredible pain on his way to the cross. He took the 40 lashes, the crown of thorns, and he faced the cross. Those were the physical pains, and they were incredible. They were terrible. As some of the worst death that you can experience what Jesus went through. But that physical pain was also coupled with other pain. He felt betrayal from one of his closest friends, from one of his inner 12 that he spent years with. He felt the pain of death 
of mourning whenever one of his close friends passed away. He felt loneliness, anxiety about his future on the cross. Jesus felt pain. He felt suffering all on our behalf. He took all of that pain and suffering because we were sinners. You know, we talked about Adam and Eve. We needed a Savior. And because we needed God to rescue us, he could have sat in heaven and just enjoyed eternal joy and and the presence of being in heaven. But instead he chose to come and and be our savior and to experience the pain that we face. And as, as I studied for this and as I prepared this, I found it almost ironic. I found it ironic because we asked the question, why does God allow pain and suffering in the world? We ask if God is is all good and loving and all those things, why does he allow pain and suffering? But we forget that Jesus suffered. Why does God allow hungry hungry children to starve in Africa? But we never ask, why did Jesus have to face those 40 lashes? Why does God let natural disaster hit? Why did Jesus have to have the crown of thorns shoved on his head? Jesus suffered so much. He was the only perfect person to ever live. If any person that has ever walked the face of the earth deserved to not face pain, it was Jesus. And we can sit here and we can talk about how good we are. We've served in homeless shelters. We volunteer our time. We give to churches. Look at all the things that I've done. I don't deserve to, to have bad things happen. And it's just not true. We are sinners. We're people that make mistakes. We fail God, and we never, we can never say that we don't deserve it. The only reason we can experience heaven is because of the grace of God, because He looked down on us. He loved us enough to send Jesus to die on the cross for us. So much of the suffering in this world is because of free choice. But God came and experienced the worst of it because He cares for us. And so, how can we say, God, why do you allow this? I just want to say thank you, God, for going through it on my behalf, for facing that so I don't have to. And after all Jesus went through, after all those terrible things, now Jesus is there with us during the struggle. Psalm 103.13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. God, after all of that, after all the pain and suffering that Jesus went through, God has compassion and cares for those that are going through difficulty and pain. Even more, Jesus is right there with them in the struggle. But have you ever been through something that was really difficult? Maybe you lost a parent or grandparent or a sibling, something like that. Somebody that was really close to you. And everybody comes up and they hug you and they say, I know how hard this must be. But on the inside, you're really saying, you have no idea what I'm going through. You're trying not to be disrespectful, but they're coming up and telling you, I know how hard this must be. I, I know what you're going through. On the inside, you're like... You don't know what I'm really going through. You don't know what I'm experiencing. 
and then somebody comes to you and and they say that they lost that same person, that same they lost a grandparent, they lost a sibling just a couple of months ago, and it broke them. They spent nights crying and grieving over that loss, and they, they share with you how they dealt with it, how they grieved over it, and you guys grieved together. What that person says means a lot more, doesn't it? It means a lot more than just the person that's saying, I know what you're going through. Even though that person's intentions are good, it just means so much more coming from somebody that's been through it. And that's what's so incredible about God is we don't have a God that just understands from a distance. We have a Savior that's gone through everything we've gone through. He's gone through the same pain and suffering that we can go through. He understands your pain because He was there. And now every time that you struggle, every time that you have something terrible happen in your life, Jesus is right there wrapping his arms around you. He has compassion for you, just like the psalmist said. And when you call on God during your struggle, he'll be there. And that means that even though God allows pain, he's going through it with us there, and he's comforting us, wrapping his arms of love around us. So today I want to recap real quick. We talked about the problem of pain. If God is all good and loving and all-powerful, why does he allow pain and suffering in the world? And the first reason we talked about is because humans have free will, which means that a lot of the pain in the world is caused by people because we're a fallen people. We are a fallen species, and we need a savior. And so a lot of that pain is because we cause it. We hurt people. The second thing we talked about is God is using pain and struggle in our own lives to grow us and to bring us closer to Him. And I shared about my own life, you know, how I went through something difficult, and God used that to bring my identity further into Him. And for people all over the world, just like C.S. Lewis said, God, pain is the megaphone that God uses to arouse a deaf generation. And finally, God feels the pain of people because He went through all the same things that we go through. So pain is allowed by God, not all caused by him. He's gone through it himself, and he uses it to bring people to himself. So I hope that helped answer that question. I know it's a really challenging question. It's really daunting, and I hope that it just strengthens your faith to know the answer. And it's not perfect. You know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. There are certainly books and authors and other speakers that could provide this more eloquently to you. But I hope that it helped start to answer some questions that you may have. So thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. To keep up with everything we have going on and get updates, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The After Youth Podcast or on Instagram and Twitter at After Youth Pod. If you enjoy the content we put out, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This helps us reach more people with what we're trying to do, and we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening every week, and we will see you again next Friday.